the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. Well, the Royals pull their first game out of the fire this year, stealing one they probably should not have won as KC once again comes from behind, scoring two in the ninth inning to send it to the tenth. They get the win there, improbably defeating the Twins 4-3 to and earning both a sweep of the series and, more importantly, a 4-1 and opening homestand and beginning to the 2016 season. As it's Davo, glad you are along for a Sunday edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we will get to the road trip. We'll talk all about uh, the four-game set against the Astros, the three-game set in Oakland, You know what we feel like the expectations are, what we think will happen on the road trip. We'll talk about that coming up here in about five to seven minutes. But first, let's break down tonight and begin with our player of the game. And it has to be Edinson Volquez once again. Eddie, our player of the game, opening day. Eddie, our player of the game, is next start around tonight. Five and two-thirds innings, which, of course, is not great, although it's still his second start of the year. But five and two-thirds quality innings. Two runs allowed by Volquez. Yes, there were eight hits scattered. However, ten strikeouts, no walks. And I was surprised when I looked it up in my media guide that Volquez once had 13 strikeouts in a game. I figured 11 or 12 would probably be his ceiling, and he might approach that here when he got that 10th one there in the 6th inning. But no, he once had 13 Ks in a game. But 10 strikeouts, no walks, 5 and 2 thirds for Edinson Volquez, who gets the no decision. Now a 1.54 ERA, by the way, after 11 and 2 thirds innings for Volquez this year. And, you know, let's talk about him for a second, because... Uh, we spoke with Clubhouse Conversation insider Jake Lutz about a week ago out there from Surprise, and he had been you know, watching Volquez, told me he looked the exact same as he did last postseason. The stuff was still there. The velocity was still there because we almost saw the velocity. I mean, when Volquez first came over to KC, the velocity was there 94, 95, 96 last spring. Kind of went away for a bit and then really came back the last third of last season. And you wondered... I wondered, especially coming off his first 200-inning campaign during 2015... You know, and obviously two starts is way too soon to, to, to tell if there'll be any effect of that and to tell if a velocity will maintain all year. But so far, so good. I mean, today, Volquez sits 94 to 95. And again, velocity is not all, you know, that's important when it comes to pitching. You know, location obviously comes before velocity. Movement, you know, velocity probably third. But sitting at 94 to 95 was Volquez. Topped at 97 a couple of times in this one. Looked phenomenal out there. And why was that? Because he was just like Ian Kennedy last night. Good tempo, much better tempo for Volquez tonight than it was in opening day. Opening day seemed like more of a grind for him, even though it was six shutout innings. So they felt more like he was out there dominating more so. And of course, the strikeouts and missing bats help. Uh, but the fact that he was picking up the tempo out there, I love that from Volquez. And working at the knees, like Ian Kennedy last night, fastball at the knees, 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 miss low, miss low, knees, knees, which is fun to watch it today. R- really was. I'm getting to the point where I cannot wait to see Volquez pitch next time out, and I cannot wait to see Kennedy pitch next time out. It's kind of fun to, you know, like we've been talking about, the Royals don't have a true number one, obviously, on this rotation. They may not even have a true number two in this rotation. But there's definitely three guys you feel confident that are surefire number threes when you look at Volquez, Kennedy, and your Donovan Tura. 
And, you know, you like to think that Chris Young's a four, and hopefully Chris Medlin's that wild card that could be a four or a five if all goes well during this summer. Now, Luke Hochaver comes in. Let's talk about the bullpen, give them some credit. He again bails the Royals out on one pitch there of that sixth inning. The third time in the first week, Coach has come in to clean up a mess in the sixth inning. Only one inherited runner has scored so far. That was on Friday night for Hochaver. He's been doing very good all year in that sixth inning, limiting the damage, kind of the fireman of Ned Yost's bullpen which I love Hoach in that role. He came back out then, of course, for the seventh inning, goes an inning and a third, the first time we've seen Hoach pitch parts of two innings this year, gives up just a solo home run to Brian Dozier in the seventh inning. Otherwise, looked really good for Luke Hochaver. And let's not let the work of Dylan G go unnoticed today either because it's easy to talk about Volquez and talk about Hochaver and Davis and you know get to the offense and the Twins' inability to field the baseball, which is going to you know lead to a long year for them. Uh, but let's not forget that Dylan G contributed too. Two innings of scoreless ball in his Royals debut. He scatters two hits, strikes out three, walks two, although one of the two walks was intentional. So two very good innings, essentially, of two hit, one walk, 3K baseball. Very nice job for Dylan G, especially considering he hasn't pitched in over a week. So been a while. Could have been a bit rusty, but didn't really look at that. Didn't look that part. Came out, you know, looking good out of the Royals bullpen, which is nice. When you've got guys like Wong and G there buried at the back of the bullpen, you feel pretty darn good about where your bullpen is at. And, you know, some good depth down there in AAA as well, if you happen to need it, with guys like Brian Dunsing, Brian Flynn, Peter Moylan, on and on. Just a well pitched game overall by the Royals today. We saw Lorenzo Kane with an error out there, which was semi surprising. Both him and Dyson, it's amazing. They make the most spectacular catches. And they both have great arms. The one thing they both struggle with, like all their errors are on those ground balls coming in, like the do or die type plays. Not even the do or die type plays. Sometimes just like a routine ground ball to the outfield that come in and bobble. Or it's it's amazing how that happens because those guys are just splendid at defensive outfielders. So interesting, not interesting, but that's the wrong word. But uh, maddening a little bit, right? I mean, surprising. That's the that's the word, not maddening, because they make so many great plays. You're never mad when they make an, an error out there because they save so many runs. But you're surprised, right, with the way a lot of the errors come for both Kane and Dyson, who, by the way, if you didn't hear, in his debut for Omaha last night, got on base a couple of times, scored a couple of runs, have not checked the Omaha box score yet today, but was supposed to play five innings today. They hope to have Dyson playing a full nine by next Saturday. And I would imagine when Casey comes home for that next homestand against the Tigers on that Tuesday, I would imagine nine days from now on that Tuesday, Dyson is activated and back in the Royals lineup in right field. Now let's talk about the offense today because it was a frustrating day for the Royals offensively, right? I mean, Ricky Nolasco, we talked about it on Friday night, how I told you last night I thought the Royals would win pretty much guaranteed, and I thought they'd win in a laugher today. And then I, then I corrected myself and said, well, there's no laughers in baseball. You can't predict baseball like that. It's not, it's not the NFL. There's no 40-point favorites. It comes down to starting pitching, and boy, did it today. I mean, tip your captain to Nolasco. I, I thought the Royals missed a lot of hittable pitches there, but at the same time, Nolasco made some great pitches too. Did, did a nice job, especially against the left-handed hitters up there today with secondary pitches. Nice job, really, overall. The Royals did miss some, you know, miss some chances and some pitches you thought they could have hit. But then again, now you know how every single team that faces Chris Young feels. You know, they see this 86 miles an hour and they're like, how did I not get that? You know, how's that not in the, how's it on the end of my bat all the time? How am I not hitting the ball hard against them? How am I popping everything up? That's kind of how the Royals felt against Alaska. Didn't like the fact they didn't walk. Seven innings, one run on three hits with five Ks. Of course, the only run came in that sixth inning when Mike Moustakis hit the solo home run, his second home run in as many days. 
So you expected more out of KC. I, I thought they left some pitches out there, but that's going to happen, guys, obviously. And give Nolasco some credit. Give Nolasco 75% of the credit. Because if our guy threw a game like that, you know, I'm sure the, the Twins look back and, and, and Volkis today, for example, and say, well, we had eight hits. We should have done a lot more than two runs. We, we let him out the hook. He didn't pitch that well. It's kind of just your own perspective. You know, whichever team you're going for, you always give your pitcher the credit or blame him. But for once, let's kind of tip our cap a bit to Nolasco as well. Now, luckily, Kevin Jepsen, a little wobbly in the eighth. Glenn Perkins blows a save again in the ninth inning. I believe his ERA was something around eight in the second half of the season last year. Fought some back issues. And after being an all-star in the first half, Perkins looks very questionable back-to-back nights. Then again, he hadn't pitched the whole season because they hadn't won a game. The Twins now dropped to 0-6. We know how that feels from some of the years where you know the Royals weren't 0-6 too many times. but They were sometimes, but there were some years where you were 2-4, and 1-5, and, and you blew games like this. It's not fun. So, But, you know, I can't feel bad for the Twins. They bullied the Royals for about a decade. So if the Royals do this for about nine more years, then I'll start feeling bad for the Twins at that point. But no, Glenn Perkins blows that save. Lorenzo Cain starts off KC with a one-out single up the middle, right side of second base. Hosmer... Triple, sound familiar? Kind of a misplay slash do or die going for an all defensive attempt by Eddie Rosario. Played into a triple and a run right there. Essentially two runs when Kendrys drives him in to tie the game. Uh, the Twins, awful defensively all weekend. Awful, except for the Kendrys at bat. 0-2 count. Great at bat, by the way, as Perkins goes breaking ball down, breaking ball down, breaking ball down. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Kendry's damn near struck out on one of them. Foul tipped, I believe, the first 0-2 pitch. Then eventually changes the approach a bit, opens up, slaps the ball to deep right field, right center-ish. A ball that I thought was going to be off the fence, and it really should have been. 85% of right fielders in the game don't make the play that the rookie did for the Minnesota Twins. Max Kepler, who'd come in earlier when Mr. Sano was thrown out by Mr. Hirschbeck. Sano, no chance in hell he makes that play. We saw him miss an easy double in the fifth inning that was played into a double. The ball should have been caught like six inches over his glove. The guy could hardly move out there in right field. So we saw him. No chance he makes that play. I'm, I'm not even certain that Fuentes or Orlando or Dyson make the play. I don't know. It was a hell of a play by Kepler. It saved the game for the Twins at that point because if that ball gets by him, it's a double, probably a triple. And you know that Gore's coming in to pinch run there as well for the winning run there in the ninth. So the point being, that was the only, like, I think that was the only, like, above, it was a great play. But the only, let alone, I think it was, like, the only above average good play all weekend. They were bad out there defensively. And then, of course, they, speaking of the defense, the Twins with the Twins and handed the game back in the 10th inning. Leadoff walk, four pitches to Christian Cologne by May. Then he throws the ball away after four throws over. Gore gets to third. He is able to get Ismay a looping liner out of out of you know, Paula Orlando to Byron Buxton and center coming in. Jershley and Gore smartly decide to stay at third. Strikeout and a bat at bat by Eski where he got himself out. Three pitches out of the zone. And then, yeah, you know what happened. Wild pitch. <laughs> you know, it was a bad pitch, but of course it wasn't blocked by the catcher either. Two base throwing error before that. Misplay in right field earlier in the game. This whole this whole weekend was just man between them and the Mets, man. And maybe it, maybe it, you know maybe it is that maybe it's these teams the Royals are playing aren't really that bad defensively. I mean they are. I think the I think the Twins and the Mets are both definitely below average defensive teams. Obviously, they'll be better teams. But even you like the White Sox are never good defensively in recent years. The Tigers haven't been good. Maybe it's just the Royals are so damn good defensively. We can't really quantify it with defensive statistics yet. You got the UZR and the range factors, and but I mean, there's there's so many problems with defense because some guys get to more balls, which can mean to more errors. Some guys get to less balls, which makes it more routine, which means less errors. I mean, it's so hard 
to know exactly. Plus, like, you know, when somebody makes an error or makes a play, you never know how many runs a nice catch saved. It could have saved, like the one on Friday night with Gordon, for example, when he saved Ventura there, that second inning on that play in the left center corner. You know, the runner two scores there, but then the, the inning keeps going, and who knows how many more runs were scored there. And then, of course, you know, that adds more pitch count, and the bullpen gets in early. The whole game changes. It's so hard to quantify defense. But I think we're starting to see besides bullpen, and we all hear about bullpen, finally the Royals' defense is starting to get paid homage it deserves, and I think we don't even realize how good it is. I, th- I think these other teams have been bad defensively, but maybe the Royals are just so freaking good defensively that the other teams look even worse than they actually are. And, of course, the Royals did make on that Kane error. That was their first one of the entire season this afternoon. So the Royals have a great homestand, 4-1, and one, obviously. Let's get to the road trip. You got four games against the Astros in Houston. And then three games in Oakland against the A's. So playing every day this week. Ten days, ten games in a row, three down, seven to go. Let's look at the Houston series. And let's talk about the Astros. A team that I've been on record as calling the greatest threat to the Royals for winning the American League this year. I believe the Royals and the Astros are the two best teams in the American League. That's what I think. You hear a lot of Texas Rangers as a sexy pick. You hear the Boston Red Sox as a kind of trendy even the White Sox, Tigers, Cleveland. I mean, but, I mean, to me, the Astros and Royals are just the obvious two best teams in the American League. They're very similar teams. They, speaking of defense, we will see a team that plays above average defense in the Astros. Probably the, a team that's really, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, a team that's built just like the Royals. Plays great defense, athletic, better starting pitching than the Royals, but predicated on pitching and defense and athletics. You know, athletic team. Run the bases, good young players. A lot of similarities. Fiery bunch. Should be a great series. Four games there. The Astros come in two and four, a rough start to the year, just a two and four road trip as they lost two out of three at Yankee Stadium and then lost two out of three up at Milwaukee, which obviously was disappointing as Dallas Keuchel loses today. Speaking of which, that's good news. The Royals will not see Dallas Keuchel in this four-game series. That in its own is good news. I mean, that in its own means the Royals have no excuse to not get a split, in my mind. The Royals need a split in this series. That's the expectation. A split in this series, two out of three in Oakland is what you want. That's a four and three trip. You'll accept three and four. If the Royals come home three and four, okay, that's the minimum. Four and three is kind of what you expect, and of course, five and two would be the ceiling, realistically. But four and three is what you're hoping for. A split in Houston, two out of three in Oakland. Find a way, though, to at least get three games. And it was so big to get that game today, being four and one versus three and two. Because even if the Royals would somehow lay an egg and pull a two and five, right? Let's say, worst case scenario, that happens. You still come home six and six at 500, and that's not going to happen. You know, three and four, you come home a couple of games above 500 still. So the Royals. Pretty good shape if they can just hold their own on this road trip. It's going to be a tough road trip because you could, you're facing the Houston team without Keichel, but a team that is due to start playing better and, of course, their opening series. Now, you've got Chris Young, Colin McHugh coming up tomorrow night. Now, speaking of due to pitch better, <laughs> Colin McHugh, could it have gone any worse in his first outing of the year? He got one out against the Yankees. One out. Pitched a third of an inning. Five earned runs in a third of an inning, three hits, and threw 43 pitches in the one inning as A.J. Hinch gave him the hook after just one out. McHugh, though, of course, the Royals saw him in the playoffs. I know he throws hard. He's got great stuff. Very young. You know, was a prom four years ago, pitching in the ALDS. You know all that story. Won 19 games last year. So, McHugh, you got to expect the Royals will get, obviously, a, a better 
challenge from him. I, I don't like their chances tomorrow with Chris Young going against McHugh. McHugh, a, a prime bounce-back candidate. you got the home game. Chris Young comes off five innings, two runs, and three hits against the Mets with four Ks. Of course, he did look masterful against the Astros in the ALDS last year and has been nothing but spectacular for what you expect out of him since he came over to KC. I do like the Astros in Game 1. Game 2, the debut of the year for Chris Medlin against Mike Fires. This is a toss-up game. I call this a complete 50-50 game. Fires opened up struggling as well against the Yankees. Five innings, five runs on nine hits. Royals saw him just one inning during the ALDS in relief of that, I believe it was Game 5 in KC, that they saw him. But uh, it's a toss-up game just because you're not sure what you're going to get out of Medlin. Medlin has been getting lit up all spring and surprised. The long ball has been an issue. But then again, I really don't care about spring training, and it doesn't really matter. There's Arizona home runs. There's working on things. There's We don't know exactly what he was working on or what was going on. and So I'm not really concerned about that. But you just never know there. It's a, it's a toss-up game coming up on Tuesday. Yordano Ventura and Scott Feldman love the Royals on Wednesday night. Ventura five-plus innings against the Twins the other night with two runs. Six Ks, but did walk six. The defense, of course, aided him, as did the wind. Like Ventura on that one, though. Feldman have not been a fan of him for years. Keeps getting paid. Keeps putting up pretty good numbers. And a pretty nice year last year. Four innings at his first debut at Milwaukee for Feldman. Four runs in those four innings. Five hits, five Ks, three walks. Like the Royals big time on a Wednesday. And I like them big time on Thursday. Ian Kennedy and Doug Fister. Kennedy, we know what he did. Last night, six and two thirds, no runs on five hits, seven Ks and a walk. Doug Fister comes in one and zero with a five four zero, which was three runs in five innings at Milwaukee. So I like the Royals. I like Kennedy over Fister big on Thursday. I like Ventura over Feldman big on Wednesday. I like the Astros pretty big tomorrow. And to me, that Tuesday night game either means you split or you take three out of four. To me, the kind of the toss up game in this series is the Medlin versus Fires game coming up on Tuesday night. But yes, the Royals do miss Keiko, but they do catch the Astros at a semi-bad time. The Astros are going to want revenge. They're going to want blood. They're coming home. They can shake out their road trip. It was a bad road trip, but it wasn't awful. Two and four is not awful. It's just bad. You know, especially with the Brewers mixed in there and a Yankees team that's very questionable. But you come home, you got the home crowd, you expect better outings than a couple of the guys that we just mentioned. So the Royals will have their hands full. It'll be, you know, a fun four days of baseball, a fun week. Then we get a nine o'clock game on Friday night. I love that. We have all night games this week, so we'll have plenty of dishes for you. Pretty much, I would say, all maybe every day this week, except for one. We'll be here post game on Clubhouse Conversation on your dish. So keep it here. We also kick off our current player 2016 interview series this week. We do one of those a week. The return of former players year round coming back here as well. So interviews weekly here on Clubhouse Conversation year-round. Dishes, the majority of games, 70 to 75% of post games, you'll find us here with your dish. Tell a friend, subscribe on iTunes, so you can get it downloaded into your iTunes without doing anything. Here through the website, you can do that at clubhouseconversation.com. At Royals Clubhouse on Twitter and Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook as well. We will talk to you again tomorrow night after the Monday night game on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Dave O saying, Go Royals!